We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the lands and waters where we're recording from, the Awabakal and Wanarua peoples. We acknowledge the Awabakal and Wanarua elders, both past and present. Now Andrew Johns. Sights a little hole himself. He's close to reaches and that's a title, Andrew Johns. Root streak from the little halfback. And that's a good reward for a great game. It is a boom match for the Newcastle Knights in first grade. Andrew Johns scores the try and that should wrap it up for the Knights. If I was Kalen Ponga, I think I would have been worn down after about maybe 12 months at most of constantly being asked what you're going to do with your future because it doesn't matter what he says or does. People just seem, they they seem hell bent on the idea that that man is leaving Newcastle in 2022. Yeah, and I don't even think I don't even think they even care if he is or he isn't. They they're hell bent on making the public believe that because they know that that creates clicks and that creates banter and they get their agenda you know, the way they want it. So uh, Adam O'Brien sort of said when he was announcing Kalen as captain, he said, "I think Kalen's just I think he's really just over the speculation, but constantly being asked for it." So I think Kalen's reached a point where. He accepts that that speculation is always going to be there in terms of what he's doing because of his uh, sort of public, um, because he's so well known in the public and because of the paycheck. But I think what's starting to wear him down potentially is that no matter what he does, what he's going to do in the future is just is just always going to be spoken about as being well. You're leaving. You're leaving. You're leaving. That would that would do my head in after a while. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because it's a if he's what the media make him out to be, it's a poor reflection of his character. The, the media essentially calling him a mercenary, and I don't know whether that's as a result of the fact that he left the Cowboys and then the Queensland papers jumped on the agenda of we know he's betrayed us to Queensland. Queensland has gone south and gone to an enemy club. I don't know whether that started and it just continued or it's Kalen's profile. It's the fact that Kalen didn't sort of um, stamp it out really early. He just sat in the background and let them say whatever they wanted. But it's got out of, out of hand now. And it really worries me that in five or six years' time, what Kalen's achieved in the game won't be what he's known for. He'll still be getting this crap. He, um, it doesn't appear to be um, affecting him too much at the moment. I mean, he played 40 minutes of uh, of footy in that trial. And look, I've said that I think he's the best player to join the club uh, since Andrew Johns. And one of the things I actually love about, one of the reasons I say that, sorry, is uh, he gave 100% in 40 minutes of that trial as well on Monday night. The, the the effort he put in trying to stop the Ockenbohr try, like he legitimately spun 360 degrees in the air um, before landing. You know, he was putting that much effort in. Anyway, after all of that, he then runs up to the to the sponsors' lounge to um, to sp- to to speak about you know, the privilege of um, of captaining the team. But what he made clear was that he wants to win. And anyone can say that, but he says it with a way like, I genuinely believe this guy wants to win and he wants to win here. Yeah, and I'm sure Andrew has got in his ear and said, mate, you win with this team 
in this with this club in this town, you are the king of the world. Nowhere will you ever be loved like you're loved by Newcastle people. Just being a knight, if you win a premier, if you lead this club to a premiership, you will be a god for the rest of your life, and that's got to be appealing to anybody. You know, he's going to get the money no matter where he plays. But does he want to be, you know, just another good footballer in, in Brisbane? Well, not that they've got any good footballers at the moment, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll, yeah, he'll, he'll never be compared to their greats. But he could legitimately go out of this club as maybe not quite on Joey's standing, but if Joey's 1A, he's 1B at worst. I think uh, Kalen has the potential. I've got to be careful saying this. Um, I think he has the potential to be uh, bigger than Andrew Johns, if only because of the of the age that we live in. Like yeah, oh, yeah, bigger. absolutely, absolutely. That's that's the difference, isn't it? Like, if you're a star now, yeah, you've, you're a bigger star than has ever existed. What gets me though about the idea that well, Kalen must want to leave for um, commercial reasons. It didn't bother Andrew. It didn't seem to impact Andrew Johns. Like Andrew yeah, Jones was the greatest player I've ever seen. He played at yeah, played. Kalen's got to deal with Nike. Yes, the biggest company for that for that sort of stuff in the world. Like, well, what's he getting elsewhere? So, um, Kalen releases the story, or at least, sorry, the interview with Kalen Ponga is released in the Sydney Morning Herald, where he says, "I'm locked in." Like that's the headline. I'm I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying. We're winning. I want to win here. Fox uh, League literally two hours later were uh, posting an article about uh, why Kalen Ponga was going to leave the Newcastle Knights. And then the next day, they released an article in respect of, uh, you know, the things they expect to see this year, one of which being uh, the Dolphins announcing Kalen Ponga as their marquee player in June. He's never going to stop. He's, there's nothing he's going to do that will stop them saying that he's going to leave. No, that's right. That's never going to change. Um, People sort of talk about Callan's contract and that sort of stuff, the fact that he's got the loopholes in it. Besides the fact that it's just purely smart business, he was stupid not to because he had all the bargaining power at the time. That was just a smart deal on his part. And the Knights had to give it to him because they couldn't afford to lose him. Callan, as captain, wants to lead these men and he wants to... Uh, win a premiership, he seems to think we've got the squad to do it. He seems to be part of a very small crew that thinks that we've got the capacity to do anything other than get the spoon in 2022. It's uh, it's a very... We seem to be living in a very weird sort of opposing ends of reality at the moment in terms of what the Newcastle Knights are capable of doing. Right, okay, dog. You and the listeners, strap yourselves in. We're going on a journey. I'm strapped in. We're going to go through this squad, and and I'm going to tell you exactly why I don't understand any of this. Can I can I just say before before you start? I I didn't know this was coming, so I'm actually really eager to know where this goes. I'm I'm ready to go. Hit it. Right. So okay. So let's let's look at our squad. We've got we'll start at start at the big guys. We've got an elite front row. No one's arguing that. The Jaden Braley injury hurts us, no doubt. You know, if I was assessing our chances, I would have put us the Braley injury. Might, you know, instead of being top four contenders, we're probably going to be a bit behind by the time Jaden comes back. We might be, you know, a sort of sixth place team, whatever you think. The back row, whilst not a strength, it's not a weakness. We've got an origin player, Tyson Rizal, 
Mitch Barnett, who's a very solid first grader. Whatever you think of Lachlan Fitzgibbon, he's a he's a he's a solid enough player. We all like Jaira. We got enough to at lock forward. We've got we're all excited about Kurt Mann. I get that other people don't see it, don't like him, see all his deficiencies, don't get it. Fine, whatever. You're wrong. Who cares? We've got Sawaso <laughs> Sue who had an outstanding year last year. And at the very least is a very, very solid backup lock forward. Halfback, okay? That's the weakness. Adam Clune, no one knows. Everyone just says you've you've lost your halfback. I, I get that. I'm not gonna argue that point. People that don't think Jake Clifford is um top half of the competition and could well go to uh almost elite this year don't know football and aren't paying attention. Jake Clifford has all the tools. Anyone that knows rugby league knows that he has all the tools, and he and he's had his first off season training with the team. I'm, I can't wait to show all the haters wrong when it comes to Jake. He's outstanding. We've got one of the best center combinations in the competition. Whatever you think of Bradman best and his injury thing, all this crap that Bradman's overrated is complete and utter horseshit. Bradman is an outstanding player, and when the Knights give him the correct correct ball, he's going to absolutely run through teams like a train. Dan Gagai is an elite player and has been for a decade. Let's get to the let's get to the wing. On the wings, you've got Heimel Hunt, Origin player, Edric Lee, Origin player, Dom Young, untapped potential. You got Anari Tuala, who's a very very solid first grader. You know he's he's almost well, he's above average finisher, and he's almost getting to the point where he's in the top you know five or six guys that he has a lot of weaknesses, but in pure finishing, he's up there with the best. And obviously, we know KP is elite, and anyone doesn't think he's the third best fullback in the competition is a moron. Uh, I'm, so I'm where just on KP. You go through just, that team. Where do you, does anyone think that team is getting a wooden spoon? Well, I, I can tell you exactly where um, they think that uh, Bredo in the the uh, betting markets. There's been an enormous plunge, plunge, and this was after the trial, mind you, uh, on the nights to uh, take out the spoon. Because people don't think that we've got any depth. Because we've had no cup for two years and people don't pay attention to the Knights, people think we've got no depth. It's just stupidity. So the big... Jones would start for at least half the teams in the NRL. He'd probably start for three quarters of the teams in the NRL. And he's going to be the 70th man in the team. So the, um, the big knock on the Knights is that if we get an injury to Kalen Ponga, we're done. We're cooked. Now, yeah, we, we are. We're not. We're not a contender. KP gets injured. We're not a contender. We're, we're not. We're not a finals team without KP getting injured. We're, but are we we're still a better team than two or three teams in the competition? I'd still back us to finish ahead of the Cowboys, the Dragons, and the Tigers. Well, and, and this, and that's exactly right. It's sort of no one. I don't think anybody associated with this pod is uh, running up and down the street saying we can win without K or we're confident we'll win without Kalen. That's certainly not what we're saying. But this idea that we lack depth so much to the extent that we're wooden spoon favourites without Kalen Ponga, it feels like a stretch. Yeah, like every time I see people, yeah, there's people like reading the play on Twitter that, you know, specialise in sort of gambling stuff. And I see people say, oh, you know, oh, the Knights are $15. It's a great bet if KP gets injured. They're a short price. That's the competition. Manly were legitimately discussed as one of the worst teams of all time without Tom Turbo last year. That's the comp- That's a salary cap competition. You pay guys elite money. If Penrith lose Nathan Cleary, they're going from being the best team in the comp to they're not making the eight. Penrith are outstanding across the park. 
they're not making that without Nathan Cleary. That's what how if- rugby league salary caps work and how the structure of the game works. But to say that one player out sends you from a fifth or sixth team to a wooden spoon team is a complete and utter horseshit. Hang on, I want to backtrack. You think the you think the Panthers don't make the eight without Nathan no, Cleary? No, Penrith do not make the eight because John Ooh, I don't know about that. is about twenty percent as effective with uh, uh, not without Nathan Cleary. Jerome Lewis is outstanding, but yeah. he's outstanding because him and Nathan Cleary know each other inside out. Well, having said that, and I, I'm I'm. My, my jury is going to stay out a little bit on that one. But having said that, um, one of the few pa- defeats that the Panthers suffered last year was uh, against the Tigers when, as we know, they were um, severely undermanned due to origin duties, one of those players being Nathan Cleary. So They, they won a few games without without their players last year through tough days. But you can't do that for a whole full season. Eventually, they, you, that, that gets It catches up. Yeah. They, um, like, without Cleary, their spine is dreadful. Because... I, I don't rate Coruscant as at, at anymore. I think he's past it. I think that he he was lucky last year. Um, I, I don't. I yeah, that's just my opinion. Whatever. Dylan Edwards is rubbish. <laughs> just hey, that's like premiership. That rubbish. That's premiership winner, Dylan. Dylan Edwards. Dylan so Edwards would... is Matt Dufty in a good team. <laughs> so. I mean, we've 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 gone off a, a we've sidetracked a little bit here, but that's all right. We're we're still talking about footy. Who, who is the backup halfback for the Panthers in the unfortunate event that Nathan Cleary's under? Well, who's who's their backup halfback during Origin? Uh, well, it was Burton and May were playing there, but obviously, but they're both left. Correct. Well, that's that's a neck. That's a nil. So there's Penrith. You know, they, they were undefeated in reserve grade last year. Were caught off. They've obviously got yeah. outstanding talent in reserve grade somewhere. True. But that elite kid they had gone to the Dolphins, so they won't play him. Um, I don't know. I'd say they've got a good, a good halfback there, but a good halfback's not Nathan Cleary. Nathan Cleary's, a, you know, an all-time talent. Correct. And you know, the Penrith losing Nathan Cleary is like the Knights losing Andrew Johns. You are listening to the Bay Fifty Three podcast. So, Fox Fox League seem to have this idea that if they write that the Knights aren't doing well, it, it seems to be working to their benefit. Whether whether it's the the idea that people just want to lap it up, or whether they think it's sort of got some substance to it. You, you raised a good thing through. Sorry, you raised a good idea through the um, uh, at Bay Fifty Three Pod Twitter account that the the literal same article that spoke about the fact that we have no depth, then went on to speak about the fact that um, our, you know, our five rep players will be will be missing during the season. And, and it sort of seems to feel like when we have rep players, it's a negative. But when other teams have rep players, it's such a positive for them because you're like, well, okay, we'll miss those players during the origin period. But, well, surely that's going to be to our benefit in the other, you know, 20, 21 games <laughs> that they'll hopefully be playing for us. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like, and that's the thing. Like, for some reason, our rep, our rep players don't get the credit the credit they deserve. Like, Dan Safidi has been elite at Origin the last two years, and yet, does he get the raps Junior Paulo gets? Junior Paulo gets spoken about like he's Arthur Beetson. Mm. He's not in Dan Safidi's class. It's just a simple fact. Um, I don't know why. Tyson Frizzell, like, he only missed Origin because of injury. Um, are people are just automatically shuffling out and going, well, he's done. Well, he's not. 
Tyson Frizzell has, has a few chinks in his armour, but Tyson Frizzell still will play for New South Wales this year if he's not injured. Um, and New South Wales have got one of the best packs ever seen at origin level at the moment. Like I, do, I, I just don't understand. I, and it, is it simply because um, rugby league journalists don't watch any games outside of what's you know the big reputation? They they don't watch the Roosters, and I guarantee you, some of these kids we've got, you know, yeah. Well, here's a perfect example: Simisasagi. Simisasagi was playing for Melbourne. Mm. Was in the Melbourne system. People would be going, "How have Melbourne tucked away another kid that good?" Nope. Have you ever seen an, argument, an article written about Simi Sasagi because he's in the night chosen? Nope. Not, not a word. Not a word. Like, he's he's, out, he's an outstanding talent. Jairon saying no one has ever heard of his name. He's If he was in the Rooster system, he'd be up there with Tupanua and those sort of guys. Uh, one of our one of our one of the followers on Instagram, Dylan Musket at Muzmuth App Huck Kind, <laughs> make of that what you want uh, on Instagram. Uh, he did messages saying we, we obviously asked for a few questions. We'll get to more of those later, uh, but he wanted to know who do we see as our next rising star to come through our system. His pick is Simi Sasagi. Are you on board with that? Oh yeah, absolutely. The the, the thing with Simi is is what is what is his best position. Mm. That's what we don't know yet. Is he a centre? Is he a five eight? You know, is he a lock forward? Is he an edge? I, I personally think he's a lock forward or an edge. Is he is he a lock forward under any set of rules in the in rugby league? No, or he's is a lock he a forward lo- under the under the current yeah. rules. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, what about Jaira? Jaira Jira is the next one off the, the next one in yeah. in that in that um, pecking order. I only put Simi ahead because Simi is untapped. You know, Jaira's ceiling is very high, but we you know. We sort of see where Jaira can get to. Simi, we have no idea. We have, we just haven't seen enough of him. And yeah. what we have seen of him is, yeah, freakishly good. I definitely think those are the those are the next two big cabs off the rank, and we, we've sort of seen we've sort of seen a fair bit of them, relatively speaking, in first grade thus far. I'll, 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 I'll say to you now, Carlo. Assuming Simi does find a spot in the team and stays here, four guys that will be our next Premiership team are Bailey Hodgson, Dom Young, Simi Sagi, Jaira Mamasia. Those guys yeah. will all be in our next premiership team. Yeah, that was, and that was, and that was going to be my. Um, th- those are the four that I'm sort of thinking of: Jaira, Dom, Bailey, and uh, and Simi. They're they're your next. Um, they're your next gen players for, for the Newcastle Knights, mate. I, I'm, I mean, you you've you've sort of seen me when I'm when I'm talking to you about what the Knights are going to do this year. I, I've said to a couple of people, um, and I've been tagging a few things as well. You know. 14th, 15th, 16th, and I've just consistently said I've never had an off-season with this, like this, where my personal expectations for this team are so detached. And and I'm not talking a a case of four or five positions on a table. You know, we're not talking here, will they make the finals? No, no, like I see a team with the potential for top six. I've never been so detached from other people like you are wooden spoon contenders. I do. I just don't know what I'm missing. Yeah, you know, a little chat group we have. You know, we're honest with each other. You know, it's obviously out of the public's eye, and we, you know, we can be just flat, flat about it, what we think the night, the, the night's real sort of um, potential is. And we all look at it and go, "Well, we just we can't see it." And and maybe it is simply that we've seen all those kids play, and and we know the potential there, and other others haven't. But I also think that just a bit of doom scrolling. Like I think that you know people just want the nights to suck. Yeah, and, and not just that people. 
expecting us to suck because we've sucked for so long. So I was shocked the other day when I heard if Adam O'Brien makes the finals this year. It's the first time we made the finals three in the races two thousand and three. Correct. Back in the like, Andrew, again, back in the Andrew Johns era. Yeah, and people still think that he can't coach. Uh, we've sort of chatted about it a bit before, and I sort of. Uh, I, I, it's pre-season, so you have a tendency to repeat the information that you've sort of been discussing. But um, with all of that in mind, is that pressure starting to mount again on, on Adam O'Brien? Because I'm of the opinion that seventh and below, that's when Uncle Phil needs to go back to the spreadsheet again, regardless of injuries. Like, if short of half the squad being decimated for the whole season, you know, he's, he's had his time to put the imprint on. We've given him the tools to get everything. If he doesn't finish sixth or sixth or higher. Um, we need to change. That's that's my opinion on the topic. If he doesn't finish six or high this year, he's he's seeing as Brad Arthur. Yeah, and I don't want Brad Arthur coaching my team. <laughs> I don't want Brad Arthur coaching teams that I don't hate. I'm happy to be that either. But yeah, if he doesn't with the squad we've got, he's Brad Arthur. We can't be this coach that you know sits around the bottom half of the eight, gets beaten the first week of the finals every time. You know, if things don't go their way, they're bloody down the you know, the bottom half of the table. Like how many times did Brad Arthur bounce between the finals and wooden spoon contenders? Like, we don't be that club. I think we'll get an indication of where this squad is at because, as we said, you and like I, I, I sort of said to you, we have the potential to be looking at a two and six start for the first eight rounds. Now, Matt Clark, who you know was deeply displeased with with that take. Was of, the, was of the opinion, that's rubbish. We'll be, I want a 6-0 and start, and that's what we should be asking for. Um, but for Adam O'Brien, like, I think we'll tell a lot about where he's at as a coach, where this squad is at after those first few few rounds. Because it won't just be a case of whether we win or lose. A lot of those games will be, well, if we win, how did we win? If we lose, how did we lose? Because we can't go into round one and finish that Saturday afternoon with another 40 to 10 loss down in Sydney. That, that's, that's just not sustainable. No, if we, if we go down and get blown off the pipe by the Roosters mm. after a full off-season prepare and, you know, um, guys coming in fresh, and, the, and they're a team that, st- slow starting is not the word, but they certainly don't start the season hitting the ground. They build through their season. Mm. They're not like Melbourne who uh, run Beetle in round one. Um, yeah, if we go down and get blown away, there's a real question to be, to be answered there. Um yeah, I, I, I think it's a, a probably a really good thing for us that we've got such a hard start of the season because any pretense of guys getting ahead of themselves will be cut down pretty quickly. Well, the other thing as well is that we were supposed to have an easy start to last year. There were to, there were genuine talks that we'd be 6-0 yeah. and o going yeah. into the round yeah. seven clash with Panthers. Yeah, and, and, we, you know, we, and we, we lost to the Tigers, we lost to the Dragons, and then we lost games we should be winning just because, yeah. And But that's the thing, is that a punter's outside of Newcastle learning the lesson like, well, hang on, we 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 said you'd be good the last two years, and you've you've sort of you seem to have tapped out at seventh. Well, you've lost your halfback. You, we're not sure about your coach. Your your captain's iffy as whether he's start. Yeah, you you're not getting any better. Is that where that that talk is coming from? Oh yeah, yeah. and I would totally be on. I would totally be not um, against if, if people particularly asked to finish in the sort of eleventh to fourteenth bracket. I'd go, yeah, fair enough. You know we. That's a couple of places where we are now. A couple of injuries. We're back there. Mitchell Peace gone. If Clue doesn't work out, I can see that everything. What I don't get is the fact that people just automatically go, I oh, know they're spoon contenders. That's that's yeah. rubbish. Yeah. Mate, you um you came out uh, fire, breathing fire uh, a, a couple of weeks ago or a few weeks ago 
you you said anybody who doesn't think that we're finishing top six is kidding themselves. There's been a lot of speculation since that um, that would be a dream outcome. Are you are you standing rock solid about that uh, top six prediction? I'm telling you now, if Kaelin Ponga plays 19 games this year, we are finishing in the top six. I'm no expert. I just love the game. But more than that, I love the community. If you're a fan of Rugby League or the NRL, you'll love Big T's Tees. Unique, affordable, and made for fans. Find a link to the online store in the show notes below. You'd look good in one of Big T's Tees. We've still got, is it four? It's three or four spots vacant on our roster. Um, the Knights historically like to hold on to one one spot until the end of June. So we're still looking at at least two or three players that are coming, uh, that are going to be added to this squad. Mate, it's sort of gone, flown back under the radar. Uh, the Milford uh, court case happens this week. We could have an idea about who uh, a further top 30 squad member is going to be by the end of the week. Yeah, I, I think if Milford um, is cleared, I think it's almost fake completely he comes to the club. I don't think there's any doubt. I think that's why the club haven't pushed negotiations with any other halves. Um, yeah, I think they're, they're really... Whether they've got inside mail that it's as good as done that he, he will be cleared, um, I don't know. But I think the club really are waiting to see what happens with Milford. If he, if he is cleared, he'll come to us. So hang on, I'm trying to think... Though, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, well, where does Milford spit, fit... Yeah, where does Milford fit... In our team, because they've they've sort of spent an off season saying, "Well, Clune and Clifford are our halves." Well, he's a half. Yeah, that pushes him to fourteen. Yeah, so he's to me he starts the season in reserve grade because he has that off season. He finds his fitness, he finds a bit of form, then he comes in the team as the fourteen, and then we go from there. You know, is he pushing his position where either Clune or Clune's not working out, or we you know we've got a few injuries? Because um, don't forget, you know, he's a fullback by trade too. He started out as a fullback, so. And with Bailey injured, that he's you know there's a potential there is he could be the backup fullback. Um, yeah, I, I think that he, he's certainly not going to walk into the team and be, be the starting five eight. That's for sure. Um, how much time do we want to give Milford then if he's joining the club? You know, sort of late, out of shape, just in time for round one. Uh, is it is it really worth our while? Yeah, I think it is because you, for starters, you've got no depth. You know who's who's the next cap off the rank? Phoenix Crossland's been turned into a, you know, a four in a back rower. Um, you know he's not really a half anymore. Like where we essentially got no backup half really. So we don't just know. Simi, Simi's fallen off the radar for some reason. He's clearly injured, but no one knows. So um, what what the deal is there? Um, yeah. Well, we, and just we, to clarify, we, we though, just to clarify though, in respect of having no depth, you're talking solely about the halves position. I mean, we've we've just yeah yeah purely at, purely at in the half. <laughs> you know, if, 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 Cliff, if Clifford or Clune get injured. Who's the next cap off the rank? Yeah, Crossland, which, you know, and I which think... Is, and that's, that's fine. I don't, I don't mind Phoenix. I think he's quite a talented young player. But the club don't see him as a half anymore. Yeah, that's he, exactly He hasn't right. been training there. You don't, you don't want, you know, a, a guy like that in your halves long term. A week or two, fine. But, yeah, you, you need an actual half in your halves. So breaking news, which was coming uh, down, it sort of shuffled our schedule a little bit in terms of what we wanted to talk about um, for for this episode was um, ex- an exclusive on examinerlive.co.uk was uh, recruitment manager Clint Zamet was over in the UK to watch uh, Will Price 
uh, with a mind to him joining the Knights in 2023. Um, and this is off the back of um, Andrew Johns being a fan. Well, There's a lot of Daily Telegraph, finger on the pulse. I only put an article this week that he was going to Canberra. Um, <laughs> you know, just, it literally, the Knights are in there in England, you know, negotiating, signing him. And he might go to Canberra now and saying he's the county of the Knights for sure. But, you know, I certainly trust those English sources more than more than the media speculation here. But, um, you know, he's got a huge reputation. He's he's untapped talent, big, big um, running 5'8 fullback. Um, yeah, and yeah, apparently Joey loves him, so that's enough for me. So there is, and that's right, there is a lot sort of going on there with that article. I mean, so Andrew Johns is joining the club. You know, he's he's gone from, you know, hopefully he'll be able to lend a hand with the halves to an, a, a hands-on approach in coaching and now recruitment as well. So um, Andrew's sort of obviously taken a very keen interest in what the club is doing and where it's going, and he's he's now invested in that. He's like, well, so was it, to me, was this always Andrew's fear? Was this why Andrew didn't come back to the Knights? Besides the fact that he clearly knew he needed to step away and get the Knights out of his system, was this his fear? He knew once he went to the Knights, he would be back all in. Yeah, you know, like to me, that's exactly how it feels. He's gone from two months ago to he's going to be here a couple of times a week during the off season and once a week at training during the season to he's everywhere. He's got his finger in all the pies. Like mm. Andrew can't help himself. It's the Knights and he wants to see us win premierships. So, so obviously Andrew's influence now is, um, and, and time will tell whether it's what we want, but as we sit here, it's, it's, it feels like it's what we want. Oh, I it's think what we want, baby. The, <laughs> but the other, I think the other more interesting part of the, the, the article about Will Price is, when was the last time you ever read about a Newcastle Knights scout being anywhere outside of Newcastle, let alone halfway on the other side of the world in UK, in the UK, scouting talent? That's yeah, and and this is and this is the big thing for me. This is the perfect example of the, the culture shift in the entire organisation from West putting up the cost. Like it's not cheaper than someone on a recruiting trip to the UK. Not at the during moment. COVID times, where flights are expensive as bugger as buggery. Mm. Um, the amount of time put in here in Australia to because he's not they're not just looking at Will Price, they're looking at a number of players apparently. So the amount of time and effort that goes into it here in Australia to count to um to 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 uh, scout those guys mm. and work out who they want to actually go look at in the positions they need to look at to just the pure effort of it of going, well, we're gonna look further bloody north than Buller Dealer and you know, we're gonna we're gonna look any, anywhere we can find a uh, find a recruit, which has been the the approach of the Roosters for twenty years, and that's why they're so successful. You know, they'll recruit guys from England, they'll recruit guys from bloody Innisfail, they'll recruit guys from anywhere. And because of our junior base, we've never really done that. We've all just gone, oh, yeah, we'll produce. But if, it's just good to see the club going, well, no, well, we need to actually be a- actively out there casting the the wide net. And so, and well, this is where this is where it actually does start to get interesting because yes, the club wants to invest in looking elsewhere, but the, I think they're going to have to contend a lot with those with those sort of died in the wool Knights fans who are like juniors, juniors, juniors. Why aren't we developing juniors? And sort of, I, I think this is something that can coexist. There's nothing wrong with looking elsewhere and combining that with what you're developing locally. Yeah, and I think that. In terms of junior bases, I think that we're getting left behind because for simple demographics reasons, we don't have the the huge 
Polynesian population that Western Sydney has. Mm. Penrith's big advantage is the fact that you know, there's so many Indigenous people out there and so many Polynesian people out there that they just produce football players left, right and centre. Like, the Newcastle and the Hunter don't have that. We have, you know, we, we, we produce enough, but not back in the day when, you know, 95% of your league players were white and we had as big a junior nursery in terms of top talent as anywhere. We just don't have that anymore. We've been, we have we, we need to go looking overseas. And it started, you know, we, we started looking in places like Wellington where we got Danny Levi from and Star Toa come from Auckland, I think. You know, like we we have cast the net to New Zealand and stuff, but we have to because we just don't have the demographics to produce top-tier rugby league players as we did. We'll still reduce our, our share because we've got such such a rugby league nursery here and so many people play the game here and love the game, but... Um, yeah, having a lot of places doesn't necessarily mean you've got a lot of elite talent. One of the things that came up in our chat group, and I, I just want to flesh this out a little bit, one of the things that came up is that further to what you and I were saying about that idea of competi- competition for places within the top 30, I'd sort of started to feel that one of the negatives of relying so heavily on junior development mm-hmm is that junior development starts to get that mentality, well, I just need to make my way through the grades to get that crack at the Knights. I like the idea of going externally because that pushes that junior development because junior juniors now are looking at it going, well, I'm not the only option now. Oh, oh yeah, oh, absolutely. Like There was a time not long ago where if you were the best Knights, say, say you're the best hooker in the, at the Knights in the under-15s, you were almost certain that if you kept progressing as you are at that age, you'll eventually play first grade. Yes. It was just a, it was just a fake complete, you know, the, the elite players in our juniors. And they were elite because we used to win all the, you know, the 15s and 17s. You know, we, we were always a top team in that. But that's not the case anymore. You you, you then get to the, to, to the sort of cup level and you have to then jump over the guys we recruited from outside to then make the NRL squad, and that's that's exactly what we have to be. I think the other interesting thing for me about the Will Price development is that Will is another fullback slash 5'8". So we're looking at Milford, and I know Milford is only a short-term stopgap solution if he comes to the club. Uh, we're looking at this Will Price, who we're trying to get to the club next year, and he is contracted for 2023. Um but, I mean, there was drink water talk as well. So it, it's clear that the club sees that six or that halves area as something that we really need to focus on to strengthen the top 30 in general. Yeah, we, we've, we've really dropped the ball in, in the halves. You know, Which we, just we, doesn't make sense. We let um, Jock Madden leave. Because we had, you know, we thought we had, we thought we had the position covered. You know, obviously we had um, Brock Lamb, and and that didn't work out for various reasons. We've really dropped the ball in the halves, and you know, we lost Pezzet. Yeah. He went, he went to Melbourne because of the issues um, after his dad left the club in in his role. Yep. Um, you know, we we we're really behind the eight ball in the halves. We've, we've got some good halves that are young, but they're still a long, long away from first grade, and you don't know how they're going to develop. And they're probably the most inconsistent sort of. Positioning in terms of going from being an elite junior and elite lower grader to being an elite first grader is the halves. Yep. Um, but look at Brock Lamb. Like Brock Lamb, we all thought would be a you know a fifteen year play for the Knights, and it didn't happen. It's it's just the position itself, and we have to build up halves because yeah, we all like Bailey Hodgson, but there's no there's no no guarantee that he's going to be a 
a top tier first grader. Um, you know, I, I think that Cliff's shown enough where Cliff has, has cemented his role, but I think a lot of us see him as a as a as um as a five eight. Mm. So, you know, do do you recruit halves or do the club see him as a halfback and they're recruiting five eights? But you need to have and it was a great point made in our chat group today by the great man Maitland Mumbler that you have you have to have guys because you don't know how it's going to work out. So you have to have four or five options for two spots. Yeah. And that's how Melbourne did it. You know, everyone laughs at, you know, that when Slater went, everyone thought, well, Melbourne was screwed. Well, they replaced Slater with Munster and then they moved Munster. And then after Munster, they had the options of Hughes and Drinkwater. And then Pappenhausen emerged. And then they've got Nico Hines. And you know, I like, it's the only way to do it. You've got to, those, those spine positions, you've got to have multiple options. Well, if we're going to do things like the Melbourne Storm, and let's be clear, that's what Adam Bryan was brought here to do. Adam Bryan, Adam O'Brien, sorry, was not brought to Newcastle to give first grade coaching a crack. Adam O'Brien was brought to Newcastle to bring winning ways from the Roosters and primarily from the Storm into Newcastle. So if Melbourne are using the QRL as their sort of poaching ground, is that what we're trying to do with the Super League? Yeah, yeah, absolutely we are. And, you know, and, it, and it's been said that those guys have obviously played the last two years through COVID and our, and our guys in the lower grades have all missed out. So their younger kids are more developed now. Yeah. They've, they've skipped over our kids. They might have the talent of our, of, of, our, of the best Australian kids, but they've had two years more of development. Mm. It's, it's, just, it's just smart business. Like Canberra turned themselves from also runs, runs into grand finals just by recruiting well in England. And, that's, and the other thing about recruiting young players from England is that, well, you're not getting those sort of, you know, mid-20s or middling to to almost elite players who have, uh, look for lack of a better phrase, developed bad talents. Like you're getting the younger English players who have shown the potential and then bringing them over to the Australian system when you can say, well, why don't you have a crack over here and see how that develops your develops your ability. Yeah, Gareth Willett was the first one of those. You know, like he, Melbourne recruited him at a young age. And as a lot of people say, well, Gareth Willett, you know, he's Gareth Willett. But, you know, he was, let's not forget, he was very, very, very good for quite a few years, you know. Like most clubs would have jumped at the chance to have Gareth Willett in their team. Um, and he was the first of the, you know, those hard fullbacks that come through the system. And a lot of clubs have realised that England do produce those guys and we can get them into an Australian system um, you know, learning under the, the best coaches and the best players in the world, they have got the talent to be top-tier players. There was a lot of talk about Brooks. I think that Brooks, I think the Brooks train has left the station, which I, I was disappointed about, but I think, you know... Oh, I haven't given up. I haven't given up. Oh, you haven't given up, really? No, I, did you see Tigers fans eviscerating last night? Well, yeah, but they've been doing that for years. Why would that yeah, change anything Yeah, I, now? I, I understand that, but now they've got <laughs> options. Once Dewey's back, they they won't let him go because they can't go because they've, they've got no halfback. But yeah. once Dewey's back and Hastings at half and Dewey's at 5'8", yeah. I've, no, I've got no doubt the Tigers will be trying to push him out the door. Brooks then stays in the race. Do you reckon the drink water thing was real or not? Yeah, that's that, that, I think it was, I think it was an option, but it's dead in the water now. Yeah, I think I think that one's definitely sort of. Because I, I just think the knights realise he's not good enough. 
And that's why I thought they'd change their focus to Milford because I thought the Brooks slash uh, drink water options were they're like, we did, we went our hardest to those. That's not happening. But look, Milford might be available. Let's hitch our, um, our ride to that, uh, that wagon. Yeah, I think the Milford one has been a, a sort of opportunity in that it really suits our timeline because he's only for one year. So it, it, it's on halt. It, it gets you, it means that he's not a, a halt to any development in our spine because he's here for one year. So if the option next year, they're thinking well, it's, it's Hodgson at one and KP at six, or if it's still KP at, um, at one and they, you know, they, they're going to recruit a five, eight, whatever. Milford doesn't change any of that. I think the reason I sort of started to think that the Brooks thing might have been done is that if you're, I mean, if you've got Hodgson, a fit Hodgson, uh, Ponga, uh, Clifford, Brooks. Well, which one of those misses out? I mean, on appearances, it looks like it ho- it's Hodgson, but if he starts performing the way he's expected to perform, then you have to have um, KP in there somewhere. Well, suddenly it's between Brooks and Clifford, and then you're like, well, why did we why did we recruit Brooks if Brooks all of a sudden is uh, excess to our um, needs? Well, that's great. If he's excess, <laughs> that's that's correct. But but that's the thing because we I don't I would be I'll be great if our team's too good for Luke Brooks. That means we've sold our hearts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and if he's the backup, fantastic. If we, you know, we're a finals team and someone gets injured the week before the finals, we're not bringing in some kid, you know, fresh, fresh. You know, we've we've got a we've got a legitimate first grade halfback. It's it's great. And I and I'm all for Bailey. You know, but I, I would love to see Bailey in reserve group for another two years. I would love to see him get the the Pappenhausen. Um, treatment, you know, the Jordan Rapana treatment, the Hughes treatment, all those guys, you know, Nico Hines, all those guys that had to sit and buy their time in reserve grade because they had someone in front of them in first grade. Like, that's how you build successful clubs, successful teams. Mm. I think the big thing to sort of come out of it, and this was really the final point that I um, that I sort of took from the, the Examiner article was um, it's kind of refreshing in a lot of ways to see how do I put this? So uh, you always got the impression with the Knights recruitment, it was one of two things go. The first one was go for the star, the best star player that you can at the time. And and I sort of think that's, that's what landed us by Ben Kennedy. And the second one is, you know, react on it as we need things. And, and the problem with both of those is that when you miss out on your star player, as we found out a lot under the Brown recruitment era, is that it, it kind of leaves you high and dry. And the second thing is is that when you're doing it on a very reactionary, well, what do we need at the time basis, you're chasing your tail a lot. And it's sort of – And you get desperate makes mistakes. Exactly. So – what I take from the Will Price article, aside from Andrew John's involvement, aside from the investment we're putting in recruitment, aside from the story it tells from our, about our top 30, what it tells me is that there feels like there's a recruitment plan in place. Like there's some there's some thought process other than let's just play it by ear. And that's that's a good thing, I think. Yeah, and, that, and that's clearly Adam learnt that from Melbourne. That's yeah. the Melbourne strategy that everything they do, every player they sign is never because they need him tomorrow. It's because they, they feel they might need him in two years' time. That's the, and, Mel- that's the Melbourne strategy. Or no, not even two years' time. Sometimes Melbourne recruit guys at 18, knowing that they won't play first grade if they're 23. Yep. That's the Melbourne strategy. And that and that attitude from the Knights goes all the way through the club, not just recruitment, because it goes back to the idea that Adam O'Brien said that we no longer 
play guys in our lower grades to win that we to win uh, competitions. You know, we want them to, to develop good habits, to develop winning culture. Correct. But we develop players. We develop players for the first grade team, and we um, develop guys in the positions that we don't have a, a guy in first grade. If we've got an elite halfback in first grade, we're not spending money on um, halfbacks in lower grades. That's, and that's the Knights' attitude. And this is the and this is sort of the other thing as well is that. Like you, you look at someone like Clint Zammett, who had come to the club and he'd sort of started to develop a reputation as really the the Cowboys whisperer. I mean, he was the yeah. guy who's just sort of sort of bringing the, the the talent there from there. But he's obviously now sort of you know beyond just well, who can I poach from my old club? But you look at someone like Clint Zammett, who appears to be the face of of our recruitment. We haven't even started to scratch the surface of what Gar- uh, Garth Brennan's doing for the club. Yeah, that's right. Behind it's the like Garth Brennan's barely been at the club yet, and he, you know, and I think at, at some stage, um, Clinton Devon will move on. And I think Garth Brennan will go into that role. Yep. Um, yeah. No, the there's Clint Zemmett's yeah, the face of the, of the thing, but there's a lot of people underneath him, and they're all casting a wide net. And I think that it's got to the point now where. Clint obviously knows Queensland and North Queensland especially, and he obviously knows the Super League really well. So that's his niche now. And I think Garth Brennan, his local connections, these connections in New South Wales means that he's probably doing a lot more of the scouting locally. Down the blind, it's good to see. It, it's obviously good to see the club sort of uh, with a plan in place, with moving forward. Um, you know, they're looking to the future while keeping their eye on the present. Um, I mean, with all of that in mind, though, and let's let's jump into some of our um, some of the questions that we've sort of uh, uh, picked up from um, some of our followers on, twi- on on Twitter. The club feels like it's in a much more much more functional place than it's been at for years, and yet, as we've sort of discussed at length, everyone and their dog would have you believe that we're we're wooden spooner contenders. Well. Not LV05, it wants to forget all of that. How are we only $26 to win the comp? See, I think those are the good odds when it comes to the Knights at the moment. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, I was all surprised at some of the teams that are ranked above us in, the, in that market. And we're, we're 26 now, but we started at 35. We've actually been a trickle of money in, to bring us here to 26. Um, yeah, once the Pierce news come through, we yeah, we were out to $35 winning the premiership. I know Pierce has now got, and I think he had another win uh, in the Super League. Uh, but he's Oven. been very, very poor. He, he's look, he's definitely yeah, played. Despite him, not because of him. Look, I'm I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say he's playing like a player who's still coming to terms with an entirely new comp. Um, oh no doubt, no no doubt. Like I still think that he, you know he's probably going to be the best player in the comp at some stage this year. But to me, it just shows that we made the right decision. So we're $26 to win the, the comp. Uh, a lot of people started to sort of write us off um, uh, most recently, you know, came but the Pierce departure was something that sort of played its part. Now, um, again, this is, this is from at uh, uh, Harvey G on Twitter who made a, a brilliant observation where he sort of said, you get the impression that people start to look at team fortunes Based on what they believe was planned or unplanned. Now, I want to I want to look at some of the teams that are okay. So we we've actually blown out to we're back at thirty one 
to win the oh, is it make the grand final or win, yeah to win the grand final. So we're out at thirty one. I just want to run you through some of these teams that are above us. Bulldogs at twenty six, Broncos at twenty six, Titans at twenty three, Sharks at nineteen. Now this is where this is where Harvey G's made a, a really impressive um, point. Is that you look at those teams that are above us and more favoured to win the grand final, and for all intents and purposes, what they've the way they've recruited and where they're placed at the moment, everything's going to plan for them. So they planned for their halves pairing. They they went on big recruitment drives. You know they planned for the coaches that they've got in place. So everything seems to be going along the way they want to. Now, aside from the substantive elements of the decisions that have been made, everything's going to plan for them. But you look at someone like the Knights who are out at thirty-one. Well, you didn't plan for your halfback to go. Now, regardless of whether he's a good halfback or not. And Mitchell Pierce was an above-average halfback, but you and I agree we think there's the potential that we're better without him. But that aside, your halfback left and you didn't plan for that, so you must not be tracking well. That seems to be the thinking. Oh yeah, that that was that was a great point by by a friend of the pod, Harvey G. Um, yeah, no, that, that that's exactly right. But what we all have an issue with is the fact that a planning place doesn't mean it's a good plan. Yes, and that's the thing. These like, plans... like Brisbane still don't know who their five eight is, and it's a choice out of rubbish, rubbish, and the coach's son's rubbish. <laughs> like that's you know, I don't care. You got Adam Reynolds, you know, is a great player, but Adam Reynolds is not making any of those players good. Um, we've already had a state uh, call on the Sharks halves. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't want them for you know, certainly not for how much they pay Nico Hines. I wouldn't want them. Um, yeah, like well, I, to I, me I, though. To me, and this is this is going to sound like the most poorly timed um, critique of the Gold Coast Titans because we've got the Bad Life Titans that have just uh, started on um, on the Sports Best Friends Network, and you know we're we're all we're all best friends here. But you look at you look at the Titans spine, and they've the the the, the one six seven and nine that they've planned. There are more unknowns about their four key players than our four key players, and, and I'm not saying whether they're better or worse. But there, there seems to be on planned potential as opposed to our plan based on what at least some of our players have shown to date. Yeah, it's, it's pure potential. Like Toby Sexton has a great reputation and he's shown glimpses, but he was thoroughly outplayed in, in Queensland Cup at times last year. Um, you know, he might be great, but I wouldn't be betting my house on he's going to be great this year. Jaden Campbell looks like he could be special, but he also is 50 kilos and, you know, he's one good hit in the ribs away from missing quite a few games, you know, like it's, it's, it's the, it's the, it's the desire to better on other teams present potential, but not ours. That's it. Like, why are we, like, why are we not getting the better that? Why are people not going, oh my God, Jaden Campbell looks great. The Knights have got a great fullback to a kid called Bailey Hodge. You know, like, why is it only certain guys in certain clubs that are getting that attention? Like, I wouldn't swap our spine with any of those teams that are ranked above us in that betting. Look, I think I think when it came came to talking about the Knights, you and I were always going. We 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 never pretended to be uh, unbiased about it. We certainly tried to be realistic and um, logical about it. But I think you were always going to get a one-eyed look at it when it came to what the Knights can do. Um, but I, I'm I'm with I'm I'm sort of I think with not LV 
you know, I think the reason we're twenty six dollars for the comp is because we probably haven't won it in two decades. Um, but I think when you compare that to a lot of other teams above us, I, I probably think that's a bit of an unfair uh, rating. But hey, it, it's as we said during the the week: the the more people bet on us to lose, the less the, the more we win. Yeah, it's, you know, you're right. Like everyone expects the Knights to lose, but if you look at those other clubs, you know, Canterbury, what, 2004, Brisbane, 2005, Cronulla, yeah, they won it uh, 2016, wherever it was, but none of those guys are in the team anymore. Um, yeah, like I, the Titans obviously never won it. I, I don't understand. I just, yeah, as we ran it about the other the other pod, it's, um, yeah, there's definitely some weird thinking going on with all that in the media. We've got another question here from not LV05. When are we announcing Tao Malolo? Now, that's obviously a joke question, but given the fact that the Cowboys love giving us good players, it's not it's not beyond the realm of possibility. And Clint Zammett recruited him to the Cowboys. It's not entirely beyond the realms of possibility. Bredo, do the Knights have the Knights got the cap space to tie up $2.1 million per season in Tao Malolo and Kalen Ponga? They do. We've probably got a million bucks to cap. We, we have enough. We could get Tal Malolo under our cap. We won't spend that sort of money on that position under the modern rules. I'll tell you what. And, he, and that's where the Cowboys have been caught out. Um, Lolo, I, I don't mind the idea of Lolo at 13 with Kurt Mann and Tyson Frizzell as your 11 and 12. Oh, I'd be, oh, I, oh, no, no. No? No. I don't I'm want Kurt a... Mann defending anywhere near an edge. <laughs> Um, Lolo, though, not out of the realms of possibility, but you don't. Oh, think like, it, like that's the thing. Like we could we could afford him. There's no doubt about that. And we need we need back rowers desperately. That's yeah. That's not the thing. Like I would I would give my left arm to the Knights, but the Knights just aren't spending a million bucks on a lock forward under the under the current rules. They're just yeah. not. No, I, look, I think um, I think uh, as we've said, uh, Kurt's um, Kurt's spot is thirteen. That's uh, that seems to be where he's most suited. Um, yeah, I, I don't think Lolo's going to you know, be... Yeah, the, uh, the Knights going to splash a million dollars. It's going to be for halfback. Yeah, I don't think Lolo's going to be standing next to Uncle Phil at a media press conference anytime soon. Uh, well, last one... The Knights are more likely going to go and offer Jerome Hughes a million bucks. Really? Oh, like I, I just think you know, an elite halfback puts us into, into premiership contenders automatically. Jerome's locked... I think he's locked up for the Storm for the, the next 2024, years. I think. Yeah, but yeah, he's, yeah. But he's openly saying, you know, I'm going to leave for the best offer. No, I don't, I don't, it's never going to happen, but I just think that, you know, in terms of the Knights thinking, that would be far more likely than us recruiting, you know, a lot forward. You think Jerome, uh, we're going off on a tangent, you think Jerome Hughes would work outside Clifford? Um, yeah, yeah, I think I, th- I think he would. I think I think Jerome Hughes won't work at the top, the Dolphins because they won't have enough around him, but he'll yeah. work around elite players, like, and we have elite players around him. If, you know, it was KP, Clifford, Jerome, and Brayley. Yeah. Last one from last question from Not LV. Where is B D Edric? Is he on the scene? What's happening? Is are, are we? Oh, one thing the Knights have sort of fallen a bit back on in terms of their their reporting lately is uh, injury updates. We sort of yeah, been know... disappointing. Really, really been disappointed with that over the offseason. We you know they have no idea what Simi Sasagi is, where Edric Lee is. You know, it's not hard to say, look, Simi's got a, you know, whatever it is now, a minor hamstring strain, we've decided to rest him for the trials. You know, whatever it is, this idea where you just don't hear him and pretend they don't exist, and that with Edric last year too, like, and was, after about four or five weeks of saying you vaccine, they went, oh, you know, he's, he's, he's like he vanished off the face of the earth. Yeah, it's, it's not a good look for the club, and I don't like it. The funny thing about Eddie is that 
the less they spoke about him, the more of a story he became. And it's sort yeah, of absolutely. And it's sort of started... said, look exactly the truth and said, look, we've misdiagnosed it. His foot's worse than he than we thought. We've had to get him surgery, and you know it, it's indefinite. It would have gone away that day. It, and it seems to be more of the same with him now because you sort of hear whispers. Oh, it looks like we might sign him, and you're like, well, have you made a decision on it yet? Like. What, yeah, that's what, right. Like, what's happening? Assuming he's in the squad, he hasn't been signed yet. Yeah. So, uh, we we don't know. We don't know where um where Edric is. Um, hopefully he's back on that left wing for the night, screaming down there in front of Bay Fifty Three. Yeah. <laughs> uh, scoring scoring match winners um galore. Um, Getting K Dog nude. Oh, you better believe it. Now I think we've got um you got to stop saying that because people are genuinely going to think. Well, maybe I might do it. <laughs> um. Last last question, and this is from uh, Dr. Grant Morgan at Karab Co uh, on Twitter. Thoughts on signing another Pommy? We sort of talked a bit about. I mean, if the if the talk on Will Price, if his ceiling is as high as um, as it's being made out to, um, you know, I'm I'm all for it. Um, I don't I, I I don't mind where we sign players from as long as they fit into what it is we're trying to do at the club. That's my take on it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and the West have obviously put money into um, the recruitment trip. Um, will Price will cost a, cost a transfer fee. He's still on a contract for next year. So for for West to be willing to put up that transfer fee as well means that, they, you know, they really like him. And obviously Joey's had a big say on what they think of him. Adam O'Brien obviously likes him. Clinton Zammett likes him. Mm. Um, Uncle Phil's going to put up the cash if we can get him. You know, that, that all just points to the fact that the, the club have identified that we need – a five-eight slash fullback, um, you know, to fill those to fill those roles, whether it's as a backup to start with or whatever they they see for the future. That that's a real glaring weakness in the club in depth terms. And but just on that front, Mac Baker hadn't had an outstanding trial. Yeah, and don't don't sleep on him. He's one of those guys that no one ever thought he'd be a first grader. But every time he steps up a grade, steps up a level, he's he's really he's really taking the bull by the horns. I um I'm excited to see Mac play this year. Yeah, no, I think the opportunities are definitely definitely there for um for Matt. Mate, I, I actually forgot one more question, and this is from Sir underscore Rudy R. He's actually been a solid follower of ours on uh, Instagram. I think from uh, from the moment the uh, the podcast the podcast launched. It's getting late, mate. It's been a long session for you and I today. Um, his question, and I think we might have covered this, but it's worth going over again. If Dom Young ends up killing it on the wing. Should we end up picking Hunt, the more experienced player, over Tuala, who is a great finisher? Now, I think before you and I uh, sort of landed on Hunt and Young as our wingers, but then you obviously throw Edric back in the mix. Where does that leave it if um, Dom Young uh, takes takes possession of a wing spot and doesn't give it up? Who gets the other spot? Uh, I think it's Heimel's. Yeah. Um, yeah, Heimel? as of... Heimel, you get the impression. You get the impression with Heimel that the club internally rates him top three, top four player in that roster in terms of importance to that team. Yeah, I think most Knights fans that know football do too. Like, I think outside they probably don't quite see it with Heimel because he had that reputation when he was at South and that you know he had the drop season that. But he's come on in he's come on in leaps and bounds. He um yeah, and when when we recruited him, you know he was. He was outstanding. We all just thought, you know, Heim was just a place keeper. But he just got better every year to the point now where I, th- I think I, I'm with you. I think that, you know, 
when the team sheet gets written out, you know, one K Ponga, you know, five Heimel Hunt, you know, six Jay Clifford, you know, they're they're straight on the back line sheet, you know. I, I don't I don't disagree. I look I think if Dom Young does what he's anticipated to do this year, Young and Hunt are your starters when fit. Um it's disappointing for particularly Inari Tuala. And look, let's let's be honest. You and I have been writing off Inari Tuala for the last 18 months, just solely in terms of he had a great start to his Knights career. And then he sort of started to trail off towards the end of 2020. And then we sort of like... We thought the final destroyed him. Yeah. Yeah. We really did think that Rabideau's game was like, uh, no. But the shift yeah. to the wing has just revitalized his career. Yeah, and yeah. He proved he's a winger, not a centre. He can play centre, but he's a winger. You know, he's, a, he's almost a winger specialist these days. But he's he's exactly what we need in the squad. Like, to have him as, you, as your floater, the guy that can play anywhere in that back, in that outside backs, is, is great. Like, you know... There are many times where he would be an automatic selection for a Knights team. And if he's a guy that is just a floater and a, and a filling, like that shows you how, how much depth we've got out wide. I, I, I really like the idea of Inari because I think he's the sort of guy that can play, you know, once every three or four weeks and play well once every three or four weeks. Some guys need to play every week. And I think Heimel's a guy that needs to play every week. And look, yeah. back from injury is not quite as good for a while. Um, yeah, I think, but I think Inari's a guy that can just plug himself into any spot and play okay. And look, you know, credits given where credits due. I um, I actually had the fortune fortune to have a chat uh, in the DMs many many moons ago with uh, Braden at Braden J Brady on Twitter, and he was he was along with a lot of other people who were doing the same things with Clune. He was just straight into my DMs going, "You've got a really good player in Tuala there." And and look, he he certainly did show that that worth initially in centre. And as we said, we thought mm, maybe he's. Um, but no, it's it's proven right in the right set of circumstances in the right position. Inari has suddenly found a way to make himself indis- indispensable, and it's a testament to his character from where he sort of came from. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He um and he and he's the sort of guy that you know the the you just know people around the club love because he yes. he's no nonsense. You know he he doesn't talk. He does he doesn't carry on. Yep. He just does the job in week in week out. And he, yeah, he has some shockers. But he has way more good games than bad. Yeah. So um, so I think we landed on Young and Hunt when fit and at potential. But yeah. having said that, there's there's going to be competition for places out wide. I, I think the centres are probably, to be honest with you, I think they're a bit more of a concern. I mean, you can get Tuala and Hunt to maybe do a job there, but you really don't want anything going Going poorly with um, Bradman and and Gagai any, anymore? Yeah, I think I think the bit of the Simi mystery comes out of that. I think if if Simi was fit, we'd be more confident that he could plug into an air and then um, plug into the right centre and um, Gags could move the left if Bradman was out. You know, like that was sort of if Simi was there, but with Simi, you know, disappeared. Like uh, yeah, the centre spot really worries me. We um we certainly got no depth there. Yeah. So um. Anyway, look, hey, um, I, I think I think that sort of covers off on the questions. Thanks, uh, everyone, for jumping on as well. It was a bit of a bit of a last minute idea there. So um, yeah, I hope we um, I hope we uh, gave you the answers we were looking for, or let us know if we didn't. Newcastle are the premiers, mate. I, I, I do like talking about the Newcastle Knights with you, and I think. Anyone who's been listening to the, the the content that we've been putting out, you might have picked up that we're we're starting to 
we're starting to get a little bit a uh, little bit more fired up a little bit more passionate you know the women's the NRLW is around is uh, around the corner the men's game is not too far off uh, club footy's back man and it's back in a big way yeah it's it's really heating up like you can really feel footy season um the wet weather probably helps you sort of Feels a bit yeah. wintry, you know, it's not cold. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and obviously wet <laughs> weather at the nights is, is, is how we roll. But, um, yeah, no, nah, the, the, the footy juices are certainly flowing. The, the Knights are um, – we play our – the Knights men's team play their final trial against the Storm. Um, so the same thing that we'd be looking for against the Bulldogs, I've imagined. Bit of fluidity in attack. Um, so show some defensive uh, uh, solidarity and no more injuries. We can't. Yeah, that's just... right. That's right. You know, if we could get a, a you know, a, a good solid hit out for the for the starting seventeen guys for sort of 30, 30 or forty minutes, and you know, we don't get any any injuries. That's all I'm hoping for. And the Storm are always a physical test, even even in a trial game. So you know, they're going to get a nice hit out. I think the Storm towed us up in the in our corresponding trial. Yeah, absolutely. Last absolutely. year, we're mate. We're coming up. up you know. This is a sentence I never thought I'd say, but um, the Knights line up against Josh King. Over the weekend, that's something different. Yeah, that's that's going to be really weird because yeah, like Josh was one of those guys you thought he would just stay at the Knights, and whether he made a career out of rugby league or not, he would be at the Knights. And then you know he played local league or whatever. Um, yeah, it's it's great for Josh because I think that he'll um he'll go to a new level in Melbourne because like everyone does. Um, I hope that he he sort of is a successful tail and he's not sort of languishing in Queensland Cup. But, yeah, no, I, I think that Josh has certainly got the talent that he's the sort of middle forward that Craig Bellamy likes. He'll just walk, walk uh, work all day and, and tackle his backside off. Josh was one of those players that I loved to bag, unfortunately, and I love the fact that he proved me so very wrong. I, I'm, oh, I'm, yeah. When he first got on the team, I was excited. I thought, he, you know, he was a real good thing. Then, yeah, after a while, I thought, oh, no, this guy, this kid hasn't got it. But, yeah, we were wrong. Um, yeah, yeah no, he, he's, he's a first grader you know, to his bootstraps. Uh, lock. He's playing at lock. What do you make of that? That's oh yeah. I, I, that's position. That, to me, that's his position. Oh really? Yeah. He's 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 Dale in two point He's not Dale Finucane level of play, but he'll just run straight and tackle everything that moves. Yeah, he's Dale Finucane two point oh. Is it? But is it only Melbourne that can really carry a a, a, a thirteen of that shape and size in the current they, game? Yeah, because they don't they don't need a ball playing thirteen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they they're ball playing. They were Harry Grant at hooker. They've got, you know, the best half combination of competition. They've got Pappenhausen a fullback. They, they don't need an elite 13. They just need someone to keep the middle tidy, and that's what Josh will do. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to mention about the trials this um, this off-season, and I'm, I think the Roosters have played their second and last trial. Did, did Connor, Connor Watson get a run? Did no, he, he didn't play. Did he? So I wonder, I, I mean, that, that could be one of two things. He's A, not ready, or B, He's shown enough to say no. We, we don't need you. Don't need any more fitness. You're you're good to go. Come round one. But yeah, I thought that was a bit curious. I thought they would have yeah, at least see, given. Yeah, it, it, it seems a Robo strategy, but Robert Robo doesn't you know play many of these guys. You know, or start you know, especially in key positions. Yeah, he doesn't really play them in trials. No, um, no yeah, this is true. Connor's first little hit. That'll be when we beat him. <laughs> and you and I will be there to watch it. It's my first. It's actually going to be my first trip to the SCG to watch footy. I don't. I don't think I've been there before. Um, not for rugby league, at least. Yeah, it's it's, it's a terrible. It's terrible to watch rugby league. That's terrible. Yeah, I hear this. It's um, yeah, no. It's it's a, it's a nice place to go. I always enjoy going to the SCG. It's a it's a nice place to visit. 
but I figure if it's going to be the last time that the the Knights play at the um, at the SCG, what a time for us to um, finish on a bang with a round one win over the Roosters. <laughs> Absolutely, you know we didn't we didn't just with Premiership there because there were no no games there once we joined the competition. But yeah, we'll just go out with a bang by beating the best team in the comp. Sounds good. And of course, look, we, we, we don't know when this will go to air, but um, uh, all the best to our, our NRLW team for, for round one as well. We'll, we'll. we'll be cheering until we are blue in the face. We're so excited for this um, this Parramatta game. And uh, I've got no doubt that that 1-17 to will do the town of Newcastle um, as proud as you can possibly believe. Oh, mate, those girls have jumped in their skin when that first Newcastle chant goes up. Oh, they will. Oh, I thought, see, I hadn't even thought of that. And it's so funny what you say, because, yeah, they were, you could see they were bouncing with uh, energy at the season launch. They are, yeah. they're, they're ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's going to be a, re- a really exciting time for all, all the ladies, you know, after so long out of footy. Yeah, definitely. Mate, we've um, we've had a we've had a big session. We've covered a fair amount of topics. Uh, we might leave it there. And uh, again, thanks everybody for listening. Another shout out again to our sponsor, A Plus Contracting and Poly Welding. Thank you for helping us um, put these shows together. And uh, yeah, enjoy um, enjoy the footy. Until next time, we we'll see you. Yeah, thanks guys. And follow us on the socials because especially when nights play, whether it's men's or women's in the trials. You'll get you'll get out you'll get our thoughts of the game as well along and after the game. So yeah, if you want to get a bit more content out of us, jump on the socials. At Bay Fifty Three Pod, Twitter, Insta, TikTok. Um, you know, we're we're still trying to navigate TikTok, but uh, yeah, come along for the ride. And um, yeah, have a good one, everybody. Bye guys. Sports Best Friends would like to thank you for listening right to the end. You are our kind of people. Find other great sports podcasts in our family by subscribing. And remember, social media isn't a bad place. You just need to follow the right people.